How good is Tennessee going to be in 2024? I think Tennessee is going to be better in 24 than it was this past football season. But what's that mean? SEC championship, college football playoff appearance. I don't know. We'll ask Boogie Bentley that. What you would change about Josh Heupel's tenure, all that and more here on a Tuesday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Vols, your Tuesday edition. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Got Boogie Bentley of the Talking Vols Network here with me today. Uh, again, disclosure, pre-recording this episode, out on vacation this week. So if anything breaking news-wise happens, we'll get to it on the show next week. But for the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk, of course, Tennessee football. Boogie, what's up, brother? Oh, man, it's just calming down. College football season is over. We're into the offseason. Uh, portal season really starts to slow down. But, hey, we're going to find something to talk about. We're going to talk about expectations. Like you said, we're going to do it, what, nine, ten times between now and this coming fall. Yeah, at least. I mean, probably once you know, every other week over the course of the next offseason leading into week one. So, I can't wait. And, you know, shows like mine, shows like yours, you know, we're, we're college football year-round. I'll sprinkle some baseball and some basketball in there. But we're college football in the A block every single time. So kind of where we are now. And again, I, I know at the time of this recording specifically, but also over the course of the offseason, your roster can still change. You got the spring portal window. You know, players can leave and all that. But kind of where we are right now, what do you think for Tennessee in 2024? Kind of what are your expectations here in January when we're projecting until uh, August the 31st? I, I think something I've been saying a lot lately, and I, th I think it's – I think it's a huge year for Josh Heupel. I think it's it's you know, you, you got to prove something in 2024. And a lot of people that have been critical over Josh Heupel through three seasons through three seasons. Easy for me to say at Tennessee. Look, it's maybe high school recruiting. You got to improve. You got to get that top five class. And for me, you got to capitalize on Nico. People want to talk about the Nico effect, and people want to talk about you know the recruiting on the offensive line has been a hot topic. The last few days, again, like you said, we're recruiting this or record, recording. Why can I not talk today? We are recording this ahead of time. Maybe they'll be celebrating. You know how this fan base is. They're hot and then they're cold. Uh, but, man, I'm excited about 2024, regardless of what you want to say about high school recruiting. I think it started uh, with some of these COVID seniors coming back. Obviously, you got Nico, the Nico effect, man. You got to capitalize in 2024. I think. I think you got to get a college football playoff appearance and you've got to try to cash in that top five recruiting class. I think I think Josh Heibel's up against it in 2024. Yeah, let me ask you this, man. I've heard a lot of people say that there's a window there with Nico, of course, you know, generational talent um, to make that 12-team college football playoff. And I've been saying, you know, since the end of the season, well, next year, 12-team, you just got to be top 12, got to be top 12. Well, you know, you, you got to be, you know, they'll take the, the, the top six, you know, conference champions and, of course, they're going to take a group of five. So, you know, you really need to be kind of top 10 to feel safe. But nonetheless, you look at that two, the two-year window with Nico, if you will. Is it fair to say maybe your best chance is now in 24 compared to 25? Because there's just so much unknown. Defensive line, especially the interior, gone. Offensive line, gone. And we have no clue at current standing who will be on that offensive line in 2025? That gives me some pause here as we pre-record this episode. So I think you can make that argument. And again, not to put so much pressure to say he's the chosen one and all that, but let's do it. 
you know, Nico needs to deliver this year, maybe more so than 25, because this might be your best shot. Would you agree? Right. And, you know, you talk about the offensive line and, you know, so many people want to talk about Glenn Ellerby and missing on recruiting. I think Glenn Ellerby did a great job in the class of 24. I think where he missed, you go back to 22, right? When you had the big four offensive tackles that Tennessee was targeting and they only got one of the four. I think yep. I think he missed early, but you, you, you also got to sit back and look at the grand scheme of things, right? The NCAA investigation. So many things looming over this football team when Josh Heupel took over, but I think now is the time you have to cash in. So many people, when Nico signed with Tennessee, said, alright, I think we're going be good in 24 we're gonna go win a natty in 25 but I'm with you I think now is the time and when, when you look at that offensive line you know I think it's huge absolutely huge that you were able to bring back you know you thought you're starting five and then Mincy hits the portal do we have breaking news that we've missed pre-recording this are you gonna get uh, the kid from LSU if yeah. so is he your left tackle and John Campbell's your right tackle you got to be happy with that offensive line and, and people that want to be critical of Glenn Ellerby Tennessee led the conference in rushing yards per game that that's you know I get it you got some good running backs Jalen Wright great running back that starts up front with the big fellas you're going to be missing some depth. You got to stay healthy. Look, that's college football, right? You, you could say that every year. You have to stay healthy. But I think if you're going to capitalize on Nico, you got to show it. And we got a little glimpse in the bowl game. There's all the hype around Nico. He comes out. I thought he looked great. It seems like there's polar opposites here. Either he's the next, you know, he's the next Peyton Manning, as you said. Uh, Hindo Cinco dubbed him the chosen one. It's been <laughs> written, so it must be true. Must be. Uh, but you know, I, I think Nico looked good. I thought I thought he looked good in the bowl game. People want to be hot or cold on it and say, well. He only threw for one touchdown, didn't throw for enough yards. You did what you needed to do to go beat a top five Iowa defense. And what would he put three in on the ground? I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to open up this offense. You want to talk about the, the inefficiencies on the offensive line? Look who was out there. Look who was out there in that bowl game against a top five defense. You got to you got to look at the grand scheme of things. But I think if you're going to capitalize, if you're going to go get some recruits, and there's some big ones, man. There are some big ones on the board. Again, do we have breaking news? While we're recording this, I don't know. Is is George McIntyre coming to Tennessee? Do you have the next big quarterback already in the boat? Because I think he's a big part of it too. You got Nico on the field. You got G Mac uh, coming in in the class of twenty five. I think that sets you up for a big recruiting year for the class of twenty five. Yeah, man. It's it's funny you mentioned that because by the time this episode plays, you know G Mac might be making his decision. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm expecting at the again guys out of the country got to do what you got to do right. At the time of this recording, I'm expecting GMAC to make a decision within the next two weeks. And, you know, at current standing, I like Tennessee. I do. Um, will it be Tennessee? We'll see. Um, but I do like Tennessee. So if you do get GMAC and you're listening to this episode and GMAC's already committed or maybe he chose Alabama or whatever, if he does pick Tennessee, who does he bring with him? Um, I, I think that's a, a big reason why Tennessee, maybe that window could not be as, 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 as shut in 25 compared to 24 for reasons we were talking about. Um, look at Cam Selden, man. What, what did you think of Cam Selden in, in his first true action? I've said it a couple of times. Dylan Sampson literally had the quietest 133-yard 20-carry performance I've ever heard of. Um, but he was phenomenal in his first start. You got Nico, of course. You talked about the offensive line. But that run game, Tennessee's at its best when it's running the football. What would you think about the new one-two punch in Sampson and Selden? 
I, I like it. I, I like Selden. I like his size. I like his speed. I, I like the way they went under center, right? They went to the eye form, third yeah. and short. He converted it. I like that. I think the future's bright for Cam Selden. I think we're about to see the cheetah unleashed. Everybody's been wanting to see it. Everybody's been begging for it. I've disagreed with some people. I think Jalen Wright was the best running back on this team last year. Well, I think well, he yeah, that. and again, that's that's no – sorry to cut you off. That's no disrespect to Dylan Samson, but guys, I mean – Come on now. Jalen Wright had a phenomenal year, and I think he would have been better if they would have gave him the football more. He had yeah. 136 carries. That's it on the year. That's why Tennessee was so good. I like that three-headed monster, but Jalen Wright was the Jalen Wright was the real deal in 23. Having said that, Dylan Sampson's good as well. And and you know, Cheetah Unleashed. I I can't wait to see that happen as well. I, I just wonder. You know, I think it was the Kentucky game late in the game where yep. Dylan Sampson got hot. How much of that is having fresh legs? And is it better to have a three-headed monster? You got a two-headed mm-hmm. monster, right, with, with Selden uh, and, and Dylan Sampson. I, I'm excited, man. I think I've talked a lot about this roster from 2023 to 2024, and I think you're, you know, you got most of your offensive line back. I'll go ahead and put it out there. Uh, if the kid from LSU ends up on this offensive line, now your offensive line's upgraded from 23 to 24. I think your wide receivers are going to be upgraded from 23 to 24. I agree. T- tight ends. That's a question mark. That's 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 one I'll sit back and wait. I love the athleticism of Ethan Davis. You went and got the best tight end in the portal. Could they upgrade? I don't know, man. I really like Cali. Really like Jacob Warren. Quarterback position, go ahead and upgraded. Running back position, is it upgraded? You answer I, that question. So I like a two-headed monster. I love what Tennessee did this past year. I think you know Jabari Small. Jabari Small was the third, he was the second option, truly, but he was the third thought, right? Everybody was like, right, Samson. Oh, yeah, he got small there. Jabari Small had a fine year. Jabari Small had a great career at Tennessee. He I did. wish he would have come back. I really do. I think I think he would have been huge in this offense in 24. W- wish him all the best of luck, you know, I mean, for sure. And I, I like Jabari. I think he's a good kid. Um, but I think I like a two-headed monster more because – Yes, I do think everybody's fresh. I do think everybody's ready to roll, and that's kind of why the dynamic was so good for Tennessee. But also, Dylan Sampson averaged, you know, before the bowl game, Dylan Sampson averaged less than seven yards a carry, seven carries a game in SEC play. I mean, that's unacceptable, right? If it was a two-headed monster, you're splitting that like maybe, maybe you know, fifteen total touches to twelve, and or thirteen. You know, it, it's a little bit more even. Um, so I think that's will be fine. The dynamic there with with Sampson and Selden. Um, I'm excited. I agree with you in terms of the wide receiver. I think you got an upgrade. I think if you are to land Hurd, he's better off than Mincy was when Mincy got here. Um, and I think the the upside is unbelievable. And then, and then one more note, we got to take a, a short break here. One more note on the tight ends. Right now, I would say you're at a downgrade. However, the potential is far exceeding that of Warren and, and Callie, if that makes sense. Ethan Davis, what he can do at Holden stays, I believe their ceiling is much higher it's just Callie came in here and did a phenomenal job. Warren could teach a master's class on how to play this position in this offense. He just knew so much. I think it'll take those guys a little bit to kind of catch up. But when they do, and you look back, I think it could be an upgrade. What would Boogie change about Tennessee football the past three seasons uh, with Josh Hopple? I'm going to ask him that when we return right here on Locked On Vols. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more coming your way. I know we come for a sports escape here. But some crazy realities are there in life, and we need to be prepared for it. So let's let's take it just a minute here to reset. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics 
right in the middle of what many consider the worst flu season in a decade. That's that's scary stuff. I can imagine a more helpless feeling. I don't have kids. Maybe you do. I have a wife. Um, you know, you guys have spouses as well. What if somebody was sick and, and they needed that medicine? Maybe, maybe life-saving medicine or just medicine to get better, but due to supply chain issues, weren't able to get it when they needed it. An option for you is the Jace case. Jace case packed with five different antibiotics that treat long lists of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to you. It could happen to me. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at only a fraction of the cost. It's an option for you. It's an option for me. Never been more important time to be prepared. You go to jacemedical.com, use the promo code Locked On for $20 off your order. That's $20 off by using the promo code Locked On. All that and more is at jacemedical.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. Welcome back in here to your Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. Talking all things Tennessee football with the voice of the common fan. That is Boogie Bentley over there on the Talking Balls Network. Uh, 25,000 subscribers. I know a couple days ago when we're recording this, you were, I think, 250 away. Where are we at on the chase for 25K? We're right. It is a slow, dude, painful grind. Anytime right you're now. at that milestone, I'll, my, my, the listeners here on Lockdown Balls were sick and tired of you know push the 10k, push the 10k. Just that last like inch is the toughest. It's the worst, and and it's like I usually don't even pay attention. I just grind out the videos, the live streams, the content, have a good time. I enjoy it. I love it. But when you're trying to get to the look, man, I started this thing eight years ago. Eight years ago, passion project for the love of it, love Tennessee football, and we did it for a long time, and we didn't make any money, and it was not, we never, never in a million years, when I set up the YouTube channel eight years ago, did I go, one day I'm just going to do this as a career. It was never that, but you know, it's 25,000 subscribers is a huge, huge milestone. It's kind of like going to play in golf with somebody. You want to shoot in the 80s? Guess what, kid? You got a lot of work to put in to get there, and it's the same thing with YouTube. We're close. We are inching our way there. We got a huge charity stream coming up on yep. January the 24th to benefit Fisher House Foundation. All your favorite voices are going to be a part of that. Look, you guys can't do that. VolQuest ain't going to bring all the enemies on. The the enemy, I won't say their name, the enemy's not going to bring VolQuest on, but guess what? The voice of the voiceless can bring everybody on. I think I could. I may, may be able to get world peace uh, the way I'm able to patch things up and get everybody together for the Fisher House Foundation. That's my goal, 25K by January 24th. We'll see if it happens. Yep, yep. Let's help uh, support Boogie. Boogie's done a lot for this channel, and the uh, Talking Vols community has done a lot for this channel here on Locked On Vols. So if you're listening, if you're watching, and you're not a subscriber over there to uh, Locked On, no, uh, that's what we call this, Locked On Talking Vols. If you're not a subscriber to Talking Vols, go ahead and do that right now over on the YouTube channel. Hey, Boogie, got a question for you, man. Josh Heupel, yesterday, Chase Thomas and I kind of looked back at three years under Josh Heupel and uh, truly just kind of looked back, and, and, and it's kind of just astonishing the progress 
that's been made? Has it been perfect? No, it's been far from perfect, but where you were to where you are now. Having said that, if you were head coach, if you were Josh Heupel, would you have changed anything over the course of the last three years? Maybe made a quarterback change in 2023, maybe made a coaching change after 2022, whatever the case is. What's something that maybe Boogie, head coach Boogie Bentley, would have changed if you were over Tennessee's football program? You you texted me this question, and I've thought about it for 24 hours. This is a hard question. It's it a is. hard question, and I thought, how can I answer this question? Because, look, I am, I am extremely satisfied with where this program's at after three yeah. years under Josh Heupel. Going back to what we said the first segment, I think 24 is where push comes to shove. Is Josh Heupel going to be the guy? I think you got to go out and you got to prove something on the recruiting trail and on the football field in 2024. So I said, let me throw a curveball at Kaner. I'm going to give you all the things that I read in the comment section on a daily basis. These are the changes. The voice of the voiceless. I'm giving the fans the voice. This, These are the changes that they want. Number one, fire Tim Banks. Never heard I, that before. I disagree with that, and I think you disagree with that. And if you go look at the numbers for 2023, what if I told you that Tennessee's scoring defense was top 25? Josh Heupel's the head coach, offensive guru. We're going to go out. We're going to score points. It's going to be electric. It's going to be fun. Kaner, how good does the defense need to be for Josh Heupel to succeed? I would say probably top 25. I think a top 25 defense with Josh Heupel's offense, let's roll. Let's go win some football games. That's what they had in 2023. Another one, fire Glenn Ellerby. That's the hot topic. All of a sudden, this week, that's the one everybody wants to talk about. Uh, again, I think Glenn Ellaby's done a great job in the class of 24. You go back to 2022, that's where he had some misses. That's why we're lacking depth, because of his failures in the previous two cycles before the class of 2024. Again, you led the conference in rushing. You got some studs. Three guys, three guys in the top on 300 coming into the class of 2024. Uh, so I'll let you answer those two. I'm throwing a curveball at you. So if I said fire Tim Banks, fire Glenn Ellerby. I think Glenn Ellerby also also is a huge part of this offense, right? I mean, how long has he been with Josh Heupel? Yeah, they've been together since uh, Josh Heupel was the offensive coordinator in Missouri. And um, they were together in Missouri. He took Glenn to UCF. Of course, he took Glenn here to Tennessee. Um, it is of my opinion that the head coach believes he can't do it without Glenn. And I think Glenn Ellerby does a really nice job for reasons you already mentioned, man. I think that he is um, – I mean, go ask – listen to what the players say about him. Listen to what Cooper Mays, Cade Mays, who's gone, um, Jerome Carvin, Darnell, Darnell Wright. Wright. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, he's done a good job developing those guys, and I think he's done a fine job. Tennessee's scheme helps with uh, helps with the run game a little bit. It does. But Tennessee run, uh, you know, run blocks really, really well. Pass blocking, it's been fine. It's not been great. It's not been horrible. It's been fine. Um, but as, as far as a position coach and you know and what he does in the offensive game plan, I think he does a really, really good job. And that's why I don't think that – I mean, he's he's not on the hot seat right now. That's why I don't think as, as long as Josh Heupel is head coach, wherever he's going to be, I think Glenn Ellerby is going to be with him. And, and maybe eventually, maybe that's the downfall, maybe. But Glenn Ellerby is his, his right-hand man. So when he comes to recruiting – Again, I've talked about this ad nauseum the last couple of weeks, you know, before this recording. Um, I think he's done fine. I like you like a lot about his his group in the twenty four class. I think there's some there's some hidden gems in there. I do, but 
And again, I mentioned this on the show last week. What you mentioned in segment number one, you go back to this 2022 cycle. There were four offensive tackles. He swung and missed on three of them. And Sham could end up being really, really good. But he was your fourth option. Thank God you got him, right? But he was your fourth option. You swung and missed, swung and missed, swung and missed. That can't happen. You get these guys on campus. TBD on on Lance Hurd right at the time of this recording. You got to close. And that's where Glenn Obey, I don't think that's his strength. So anyway, to answer your question in terms of you know, what we'll be reading the comments or see on social media. I would not fire Glenn Ellerby. I wouldn't. Um, but he's got to pick it up on the recruiting trail. I will say that. As far as Tim Banks, no. Um, is he reluctant to play different guys in the back end at safety? Absolutely. I mean, that's it's, it's so annoying. Um, but overall, when you look at him as a coordinator, and you mentioned a couple of times, for Tennessee to play complimentary football, for Tennessee to be where Tennessee needs to be, I think you need to be around a top 35 defense don't have to be spectacular but you need to be good at certain things scoring needs to be right around three touchdowns and 10 years ago you say what are you talking about this day and age you give up 20 to 22 points i think you're I think you're doing something right rushing tennessee's been really because you know past defense has been what it was tennessee's been really good against the run the past two years right around 110 yards on average second best back-to-back years in the sec that needs to continue Pass defense from 22 to 23, they gave up 55 fewer yards through the air. Okay, still not great. Still about 80th in the country. That needs work. And then, uh, again, total, if you're around a top 35 defense, I think that's good enough. So Tim Banks, I think, is doing a fine job. He's improved every single year. Look at the TFLs. Look at the sack numbers. Look at where Tennessee is against the run. Um, for, so for those two guys, I think you're good. Um, I, I know a lot of fans don't like that, but I think those two guys right now, you're good. But again, you got to evaluate year by year basis because in college football, look at Mike Vrabel. He did a great number of years at Tennessee back to back 500 seasons because the GM gave him a team to fail and he's out. It's just part of the business. So you fire Tim Banks, fly, fire Glenn Ellerby, play Nico Iamaliava earlier. Is loyalty, is loyalty a fault? of Josh Heupel's because when you look at Joe Milton, right, six-year senior, chose Tennessee twice. We've defended Joe all year long, man. That kid, he is a VFL. I say kid, he's a grown man. He's probably got grandkids by now. He's been playing college football yeah, for so long. you. What would you have changed? Yeah, I would never say that to his face. I would never walk up to Joe Milton and say, hey, kid. Uh, <laughs> what would have changed, though, if, if you had rolled Nico out there, right? That's, you know, we talked before we went live. That that was the video uh, that I made. Like, what what – Win-loss-wise, is there any game out there that you think Tennessee wins with Nico? And, and, you know, look at the bowl game, for instance. Everybody that wants to doubt Nico and say, oh, you guys acting like he's the next big thing. Why are you talking about Heisman Trophy? I don't know, man. Maybe because he's got the fifth best odds of anybody in the country. That's why I'm talking about it. Like, it's not my words. It's Vegas. They put the odds out, not me. Look at the Iowa game. Total domination by Tennessee. How many points do they score if Joe Milton is the quarterback? And, again, I'm not turning this into a Joe Milton bash, bashing session, but I know a lot of people wanted to roll Nico out there earlier. So so how many points do they score there? How many games did Joe Milton win for you in 2023? You know, and if you roll Nico out there, you still 8-4? and four? And if you are, does he get more, you know, growth and development as a freshman, getting that play in time, and then rolling into 2024 uh, ready to go? Or – 
Did he get to sit on the sidelines, sit under the learning tree, learn the offense? I know I think they said that he really turned the corner, what was it, sometime in October, really started to click for him. And we've seen that. And and I'm excited about the future. So, thoughts? Let's make that a big, long tease. All right, let's Mm. come back. Let's talk Nico. Does Nico win Tennessee more games in 23 than Joe Milton? Um, Is he the next chosen one? Let's continue this conversation here in segment number three. But first, I do want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel, it is America's number one sports book. NFL regular season, it's come and gone. Wildcard weekend's come and gone. You got divisional rounds. You got the conference championships. And then, hey, the Super Bowl is going to be here before you know it. And there's no better place to put some coin in your pocket and to have fun doing it than over at FanDuel.com. FanDuel, it's America's number one sports book. Don't know if you knew that or not. Right now, new customers can get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks bonus bets win or lose. Live same game parlays, new bets in the new Explore tab, parlay in the parlay hubs, the best way to find those popular parlays. You got the totals, you got the spreads, and the ever popular prop bets for those new users over at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. You need to try it out today here as the NFL playoffs roll on. 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's America's number one sports book. So, Nico, does Tennessee win more games in 2023 with Nico maybe starting earlier in the year than Joe Milton? I, I don't know, man. I really don't because, you know, we, we, we mentioned October kind of being that, 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 when it, when it all changed for Nico, like he was starting to like, okay, I really get this offense. Now the Florida game was in September, you know, Alabama was October the 16th, 17th, whatever it was. So I I just, I don't know if you insert Nico in those, in those games, if he makes that much of a difference. And then you look at the flip side, is Nico winning you a, a, a football game at home against Georgia? I don't think so. Is Nico winning you a football game on the road on that day against Missouri when Missouri just beat your tail? I don't think so. But maybe things change. Um, I don't I don't know. As far as a win-loss, I'm not going to go and say that Nico would be a win more than Joe Milton in, in 2023. Maybe, maybe he is. But, you know, you, you had a disastrous second quarter against Florida. That's, that's why you lost that game. You had a disastrous second half against Alabama. Now with the 20-7 lead, Boogie, and you get Nico in there with his ability to extend plays and run like we saw in the bowl game, maybe that changes some things, maybe. But you, you didn't show up for the second half. And then you just got ran through against Missouri and Georgia. So as far as would he account for a more wins than Joe Milton, I don't know. But I also don't know if the Nico we saw against Iowa would have been the same Nico if you put him in there against Florida or against Alabama. I'm just I'm not sure against Texas a and I'm not sure because, again, it's, it's, it's a process. And I think he is going to benefit from sitting there holding the clipboard, watching, learning, and you saw a benefit there in the in the uh, Citrus Bowl. It's been it's been really hard not to say the Orange Bowl, this entire process, the Citrus Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, and we'll see what it looks like in twenty twenty four. Where are you on that? that that's kind of where I'm at. Just given Tennessee's losses, I don't know how much of a difference he would have made. Maybe he would have, but maybe in the Alabama game with that lead, that's the one I'll kind of go with. But Missouri beat your, so did Georgia. And Florida, I don't know if he would have been ready. Yeah, especially when you look, you know, it's and it's all the butterfly effect, right? You look back, who did they not have 
in that Florida game. They didn't have Cooper Mace. Yep. Who is who is Nico's comfort blanket? Who was his comfort blanket in the bowl game? It was Cooper Mace. So I'm I'm with you. I you know when I talked about it, I said I still think Tennessee goes eight and four. I, I still think that's the record. So the question then becomes. Who would have benefited more? Would, would would Nico have benefited more, you know, by playing in those games, or did would he benefit more by sitting on the sidelines and and not having that stress or pressure on him? But look, let me tell you something. There's a kid. If there's any kid in the country that can handle the pressure, uh, the pressure, the stress, uh, it's Nico Iamaliava. I'm so excited about his future, and so many people that are doubters and haters. Well, how do you know? I don't know. It's about the people that I surround myself with. And if you've never tuned into the Talking Balls Network, we got a direct connection connection to Nico and, and coach Jay who's coached football out in California his mentor coached Nico his mentor coached Bryce Young and guess what man I put out the videos I, I, I encourage you go find them on my channel where coach Pearson sits down and talks about Nico and talks about his work ethic and talks about how if there's anybody in the country that can handle an eight million dollar NIL deal it's Nico and how he makes everybody around him want to be better want to work harder that's the type of kid that he is he's already gone on record saying Nico's going to be a first round draft pick he's gone on record saying Nico's gonna win a Heisman like do I know it no but does, does coach Pearson who has coached some of the best college or college football players NFL players he's been around the best of the best I believe he knows what he's talking about and I, man I am so excited for people to see who Nico really is because I, I think I think there's a lot of hope there and and maybe there's a little bit of hope here but man I, I truly think he is the chosen one thank you Hendo Cinco he's the chosen one <laughs> Hey, what got me fired up about that is they called two quarterback design. Now, it's you know it's a defense against Iowa. You know, a defense for Iowa that gave up four rushing touchdowns all year long. Really stout against the rush. So when you call those two quarterback design runs that went for six, you're giving yourself another blocker. Okay, and so I get that a little bit. But man, that that draw, Dylan Sampson might have missed some might have missed a play and got got Nico killed miss on, on that play, one. But, he had a good block on that. Yeah. Um, Selden had a good block around the edge there on that little two-yard sweep or whatever it was. Nico designed quarterback runs. Just like Joe at points and times this year with design quarterback runs look pretty good. I just think that he is – he's not looking to be Michael Vick, but he is a willing runner because in high school he had to run a lot. Um, I just think that's going to be an aspect to where even more so than Hendon. Hendon was a really good runner. He didn't want to run, but he was a really good runner. I think Nico's willing. And not not to mean he won't bail out when he should be throwing it or whatever. I just think that's something that maybe we're not even accounting for for next season. How when we're talking about right now holes at right tackle, left guard, you know, Hendon was able to mass some offensive line play a little bit in 2022. Josh Dobbs, all due respect, his offensive line was not fantastic in front of him. I think Nico's going to have a little bit of that spirit as well. And that's going to be exciting to watch. I think he needs to balance when, when to bail, when to get rid of the football, right? I think yeah. we saw that in the bowl game. And, yeah. you know, one, one again, I'll, I'll just shout out Coach Yeah, I know you're listening. Love you, man. Guy works harder than anybody in the world for my channel. Uh, something that he brought up about that Iowa game is when Nico got sacked, he almost got back to the line of scrimmage majority of times. He didn't take those big, you know, 8, 10-yard losses. Mm -hmm. And then also – he scored in the red zone. Him being able, him you, you call him a willing runner. I love that. He is a willing runner. Three touchdowns on the ground. He got you in the end zone when you were in the red zone, and that's where this offense struggled all year long. And I think Joe's a good runner. When it's a designed run, he's not good at escaping the pocket. He's not good at backyard football. We saw it in the orange and white game. When, when Nico rolled out and hit Ethan Davis down the sideline, yep. saw it again in the bowl game. Same deal hits from El Keaton, who – 
Couldn't catch a cold, but he makes those type of catches. Shout out, Ramel. What a play. What a play. What a catch. Uh, man, I, Nico is him. I promise you guys. I promise you. Uh, we're going to be celebrating some fun football. Like you said, man, he, he you know, Josh Eibel's offense in itself will mask some inefficiencies on the offensive line. And then you add a guy like Kendon Hooker or Nico, it's only going to make it even better, man. And then shout out to Josh Eibel. How in the world – do you take alphas and put them in a room in Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton, and Nico, and they have that bond, right? Yeah. All three of them. And, and, you know, Nico and Hendon were around each other, what, for bowl practice last year, and that was it. But still, man, to, to you know, the way Nico talks about Joe, the way Joe talks about Hendon, I love it, man. So sometimes when we get frustrated and we say, drop the bag, bring this guy in, bring that guy in, maybe Josh Heibel knows what he's doing when it comes to building the culture. That Every loss. We talked about it throughout this season. I mean, every loss, and I get it from the South Carolina loss last year because I was just so inexplicable, but every loss, Heupel's lost the locker room. There's culture <laughs> issues. The way Joe Milton, and again, I know I know we got to say goodbye here, but again, the way Joe Milton handled that whole situation, man, you know, he chose to stay here at Tennessee again. He chose to be a brother to Hendon Hooker and to be another coach and to be his best. I mean, those guys were best friends. Um, when there were some issues, Joe Milton was the first guy right there to have Hendon Hooker's back. I mean, that shows you all you need to know about the culture. Is it perfect? No, but that that, that shows you what the culture's like here at Tennessee. I thought that was incredible. And then, you know, in, in fall camp, to hear Nico come in and say, yeah, I'm competitive, I want to play, but I want to be to Joe what Joe was to Hendon. You know, I just, I was like, man, job well done. Alpha, you know, NIL, it's a, it's a new era, but that still had that cohesiveness. And they still had that type of relationship inside of the locker room, inside of a quarterback room. I think it's huge. Boogie, great show, man. I, we're fired up right now. It's January the 16th or whatever it is. And can you imagine what we're going to be like in August? Can you imagine oh, when man. SEC Media Day rolls around? This is going to be a fun year. I'm telling you guys. I said it in 2022. We cruise through 2023. Buggle up, boys, because 2024 going to be a fun one. He's at Boogie Bentley on Twitter. Give his uh, page, the Talking Vols Network on YouTube, a subscription on the push to 25,000 followers. Maybe they're there by the time this show comes out. But if not, and if, if they're already there and you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to them anyway. Help them get to 26,000. Boogie, appreciate it, man, as always. Always a pleasure, my man. We'll catch up soon. All right. Good show. That was a fun show. Uh, enjoy having some guests on uh, while I'm out of town. Starting the week off strong. Chase Thomas on Monday. Boogie here on a Tuesday. We'll have a couple of... Uh, good guests coming up later in the week as well again reminder out of the country on vacation if there's breaking news i'll hit it when i come back but i did want to make sure to pre-record some episodes for you guys so you have for that morning commute appreciate you guys as always this is uh locked on balls